Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Hey Ross Trevor, so great to be with you today and I bring greetings from Clovey where I'm a part of. It's so good that we get to do God's work together. Well, I wanted to start today with a question for you. Have you ever had a time where you had a plan A, the best case scenario, but it didn't eventuate and you were stuck with a plan B or maybe even a plan C happen? Perhaps this COVID-19 world that we're in, you feel a little bit like you're living in plan B and plan C at the moment. I want to share with you a situation that happened for my family where the plan A unfortunately got destroyed and it was all about the plan B. My brother's 40th birthday party was back in 2015 and he's born in January, January the 10th. So we thought, great, hot summer's day, it'll be beautiful. And he had planned a barbecue picnic with about 100 of his family and friends at the the Hills Farm that actually belongs to his in-laws. And so they headed up there on the 9th. I was really pumped and excited, him and his wife and two kids getting ready. What had actually happened in the few weeks beforehand, there'd been some bushfires, and so they weren't certain it was going to occur, but thankfully they'd passed, and the weather was looking beautiful. Now, on January the 9th, while they were sleeping, my brother was asleep, and my sister-in-law was awake all night hearing the rain fall. It just fell and fell and fell. And so when they woke up January the 10th, this plans of an outside barbecue picnic were destroyed. The farm was entirely boggy, and it was continuing to rain. And even though my brother was super optimistic, what had to happen was the plan A got ditched. They had to bring in the plan B. And for my brother, that meant going from an outside summer fun barbecue celebration of his 40th to a squeezed into an old church hall and someone cooking sausages on a barbie under an umbrella. It wasn't the best case scenario. It wasn't the plan A and it was still a great celebration of him, but plan B was what had to eventuate. I wonder if you can relate a time where plan A got head out out the window and plan B was what you had. Well, I want to talk today about God's plan A. You see, God actually has a plan A for us as we step out and live out being the church. Now, when we don't have a plan B, we actually find a way to make plan A work. If there's a situation where there is no plan B option, we will make plan A happen. And that's what I want to talk about today. God's plan A for us, the church. And we find this in Matthew. And I'm going to read this scripture to us today. In Matthew 28, verse 16, I'm going to start. says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is God's plan A. This is God's plan A for us to go and make disciples, for us as his humans, as his followers, to go out and share the truth. We are God's plan A. It is us. We are his plan A. 
You know, we don't actually see recorded later in the Bible a plan B. You know, it doesn't say, well, if, if that making disciples thing doesn't work out, then how about you try the other options here? We don't see that. We are God's plan A. God has chosen to actually share the truth of who Jesus is through human beings. He chose 11 disciples to go out and make disciples back then when this was recorded. And he still chooses today to do it through us. We are his plan A. So if this is the plan, the plan A, what is it that stops us? Why is it that so often maybe we're uncertain or unable to share our faith? Maybe we go a little bit quiet I wonder what is it that stops you stepping out and sharing who Jesus is? Sometimes we feel a bit awkward. Maybe even a sermon like this feels a bit awkward and you're kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to sit through this one. With church online at home, there's a very real temptation to maybe change the channel to a more comfortable sermon, to something that feels a bit more easy or maybe sneak out for a quick toilet break or grab a coffee. But I want to encourage everyone today to hang in, to lean in and listen to what God is saying. Because I actually believe God is speaking to us, his church, in this season. And I believe he wants to equip us and fill us afresh with bold, courageous faith to step into the plan A and be the church. Our God can do the impossible. And as we listen to him today, I want to encourage you to open your heart and mind and ask him to show you what does it look like to be his plan A. Because I actually really believe if we think about why we don't go out there and share faith, it kind of comes down to two core issues, fear and failure. Fear that we'll get it wrong, we'll look awkward, we'll say something silly, we might embarrass ourselves. Or failure, thinking, well, I, I can't make a difference. I, you know, I've tried in the past, I'm not going to do anything. There's not even a point me bothering. I want to encourage us today that even though those feelings are real, even though most of us would admit that we felt them at some point, the reality is those feelings don't need to limit us being the church. They don't need to stop us doing what Jesus has called us to do. Because, you know, if we look at that passage in Matthew closely, Jesus doesn't give us this command and then send us on our merry way. He actually talks to us and what he asks of us is nestled in promises at the beginning and the end of this passage. See, we actually find the solutions to our problems in him. He has authority and we are not alone. Verse 18 says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. See, Jesus has authority. Jesus is king now. He is the one who has the victory. And so if we step out and speak about him and share about him with others, we do so with his authority. There's weight in his word. We actually have authority being on his team, speaking on his behalf about who he is. So we go out there sharing him with his authority. And the second thing is that we're not alone. Verse 20 says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We are not alone. As we go out and make disciples, as we live this plan A of being the church, we do so with the living King with us. The Holy Spirit is with us and in us. He is the one that will open the doors. He is the one that will give us the words, give us the boldness. He is the one that's going to use us to make disciples. It's important to remember that 
We're not working for God, we're working with God. As we work with him, we have his authority and his presence with us as we make disciples. And, you know, I am so excited at the moment in this time that we get to be the church. We get this unique season where there's opportunities to actually share about who King Jesus is. The reality with online church, although it might be complicated and take a lot of effort, it's actually allowing the truth of Jesus into people's homes where maybe they wouldn't have stepped foot inside the physical building. You know, I've heard stories both of my friends and family and others that are feeling empowered and encouraged to share stories of their faith, to pray for a colleague, to invite a neighbor to online church. We get to be the church now. You know, when we grasp the reality of what we have, we have a relationship with the living King that affects both our now and our future, when we stop and realize how significant it is what we have, then we will, can't help but want to share that with others. It's exciting to be the church in this season. But I want to ask, what does it mean to make it personal? You know, you might be listening to this and think, well, okay, that, that's a good plan. You know, it, it, I can hear that it's a plan A, and maybe that's a great plan, But maybe you're sitting here thinking, I'm going to leave that plan for someone else. You know, that's for the, the pastors, for the evangelists, for the really standout Christians. Maybe you think that if you were on the team, it would look more like a plan B, that you feel like you might be a bit inadequate. I want to encourage you today. It doesn't matter who you are. God has chosen you to be on his team, to be part of his plan A and to share the good news. See, God has chosen us to share the story of him with others. As Pastor Dale Stevenson says, it's the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. You know, if we look at Peter and John, they were two of the original disciples that were sent out to make disciples. And sometimes we can have them on a bit of a pedestal. We think they're so great, they're incredible followers of Jesus recorded in the New Testament. But if we look at a description about them, that can actually help us realize we're in good company. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, we see this description of them. They're out sharing the good news of who Jesus is. And I want to read it to you. It says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. See, when they're described as unschooled, ordinary men. If we actually look at the the Greek for these terms, unschooled is a grammatoi, which means without education. And ordinary is literally idiota, which is where we get our term idiot from. So in a sense, Peter and John, two of the great disciples, are being called uneducated idiots. But what made a difference was that they had been with Jesus. The last part of that verse says they had been with Jesus. So in order for us to do plan A, it's okay if we don't know it all. It's okay if we don't have all the answers we're not expected to. We don't need a a Bible college degree or formal training. The reality is, even if we're not that smart, even if we're a bit of an idiot, we still have a role to play in God's plan A on his team. 
What actually makes the difference is being with Jesus, allowing him to affect and change us and sharing that with others. We get to spend time with our Lord, read his word, pray and experience him in worship and allow that to rub off on other people. I remember sharing this with one of our congregation a number of years ago. And she said to me, oh, oh, that I can do. I can spend time with Jesus and let that rub off on others. That's something I can do. That is being plan A. It's part of what God calls us to do, the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. That's me, that's you, that's all of us responding to God's plan A. So how do we do this practical making of disciples? Well, I want to look in Matthew chapter 5. It gives us a few hints at how we can apply it in our own life starting this week. So Matthew 5 verse 13 reads, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. There's two key ideas that come out of this scripture, I believe, for us today. And that is that we need to live it and we need to speak it. Now, in this passage, it talks about us being salt and light. Salt, back when this was written, was used to preserve food to, in order to prevent it from going off and, and give life to it. It was also used to add flavour. And light, well, obviously that's used to light up a room. And so when Jesus speaks about us being salt and light, if we're going to be like salt and we're going to live like salt, we need to add life and add flavour and add value to our community. I wonder what does it look like to do that? And if we're going to live like light, we're called to stand out, to let our good deeds be seen, to be countercultural in this world around us. So if we're going to live it, if we're going to make disciples by living as salt and light, We need to stand out and add value to the community. My question for us today then, what could that look like this week to live it? What could that look like in the places where you are to be salt and light, to stand out, live counterculturally and actually add value to the community? But then the second idea is that we actually need to speak it. It's not enough to live it, we need to speak it out. Now, when Jesus talks about salt and light in this passage, he says that salt needs to be salty, not lose its saltiness. Otherwise, it gets thrown out. And light, well, there's no point putting it under a bowl because then you can't see it and it's superfluous. Jesus is saying they need to do what they've been created to do. Just the same for us. We need to do what we've been created to do. And that passage I read right at the beginning in Matthew, we are called to go and make disciples. We need to do what we've been made to do, which is make disciples. The plan A. 
And part of that plan A is actually speaking it out. Matthew 28 says we are to teach people to obey Jesus' commands. How can we teach people if we don't speak to them about who Jesus is and what his commands are? There's an element that we need to speak it. There is no plan B. Every one of us needs to speak about King Jesus. But I want to encourage you today. That doesn't mean you have to have a three-point sermon. That doesn't mean you have to have five steps to walk someone through the gospel path. What you need to do is speak about Jesus as King in our ordinary, everyday lives, finding ways to share the good story that Jesus is King, what He's done in our lives, who He is, how He's transformed us. We get to share elements of that with the people we come across in our everyday life. That's what it means to speak it. You know, one way that we can do this is to know and share our own personal story and share it when we get opportunity. I wonder today, do you know what Jesus means to you? Can you share with someone else what he has done in your life, the good things that he has done and and what he actually means to you personally? Could you share the headlines, maybe your elevator pitch of good news of who Jesus is? And I can remember a time a couple years ago when a friend of mine had some relationship struggles. And I was able to share with her part of my story. I said that as a teenager, I'd been in a relationship with a guy. And when we broke up, I remember feeling really hurt and rejected. And it was in that season that I turned to Jesus. It was in that season that I realized that Jesus loved me and accepted me as I am. I realized that he would never dump me. He'd never break up with me. And I came to know that Jesus was the one relationship I could always rely on. And I shared that with her and I went on to say, you know, I hope that in this season, maybe you'll find that same hope in a relationship with Jesus. Just a little way to share part of my story of who Jesus is to me and open up a conversation with her. What could that look like for you this week? to look for the opportunities to share part of your story of who Jesus is in your life and what he's done for you. You know, another way to do this, to speak it out, is to actually learn to ask good questions. We don't actually have to have all the answers, but sometimes asking a good question kind of switches the light on for someone. It's the Holy Spirit that does the transformation, but we can be a tool by asking a good question. Maybe something like, I wonder if you've considered where God is in this situation. Or maybe asking someone, maybe you could ask God for help. Or even suggesting and saying, hey, could I pray for you? Is there something I can pray for you about? Because when we have a posture of asking questions, rather than having to be right and make sure they hear everything, it actually welcomes faith conversations. It's the posture that Jesus had when he was here on earth. He asked so many questions of people. And as we look to do that, it opens opportunities. I wonder who could you ask a good question of this week? But then the third way to do this is to share stories of Jesus to actually share stories that are written in the Bible. You know, people love stories. We love a good chat, a good yarn. It's a great way to connect. But what if instead of just sharing our own lens, we actually shared stories in the Bible? I wonder what that could look like in our conversation. A good friend of mine a few months ago was sharing that she felt that all Christians are irrelevant. Christianity is so irrelevant. It's just a bunch of religious rules and she didn't want anything to do with it. And in that moment, I actually said to her, you know, the Jesus that I know, the Jesus that's recorded in the Bible, that's not who he is and what he's about. 
he actually challenged those people who were all about rules for rules' sake, called the Pharisees. And Jesus spoke about wanting to know our heart, wanting us to love and follow him. And I said to her that maybe she could look into that. And I hope that maybe she would come to know the Jesus I do, the Jesus that we can read about in the Bible. I wonder for you, what are the stories you could look to share in conversation about who Jesus is, the man that is so worth knowing and sharing with others? You know, I wonder if you've ever considered asking someone to read the Bible with you. Now, I know that might sound a little bit awkward, but trust me, it is incredibly life-changing. I think sometimes we have this idea that you don't read the Bible until you've said yes to Jesus. But the reality is the Bible is God's word to all humanity. It's his letter to us. And so even people that don't yet know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, God can speak to them through his word. So why don't we consider that? What could it look like to ask people to open God's word together, to read the Bible together? When uh, my husband Mike and I lived in Melbourne, we had a, some good friends, this couple, that we actually did just that. We said to them, hey, we're looking for someone to read the Bible with, and I don't know if you'd be interested, but maybe you'd like to. And to our surprise, they said yes. And so we started when we connected over coffee or brunch, we would just kind of open up the Bible and read stories of Jesus and ask a few simple questions to cultivate conversation. And it was really interesting. Out of that, we had some deep conversations of faith. And I know this couple are still on a journey of faith today. It might sound awkward, but it is life-changing to open the Bible and read the Bible with someone. I wonder, Ross Trevor, what could it look like if every one of us chose to be bold enough to pray for someone and actually say to them, I'm looking for someone to read the Bible with. I wonder if you'd be interested. And there's a really simple way to do it called a Discovery Bible Study or a DBS that I know that your team here at Ross Trevor would love to teach you how to do. We've been doing that at Clovey and it's a wonderful way just to open the Bible, ask some simple questions. And so if that's you, if you would like to learn how to do it, all you need to do is go to thehub.org.au and click on the next steps tab there and click on Disciple Others. Or alternatively, in the chat function right now, you can click on the DBS Zoom because I know your team at Ross Trevor would love to equip you and help you learn so you've got a tool in your hands to be able to share faith and speak it with others. So, Ross Trevor, my question for you today is what's your next step? What does it look like to step into the plan A that every one of us God is calling to be a part of? Is it to know your story with Jesus? Is it to know and understand and work out how you can articulate that to someone? Is it to ask a good question of someone this week, to pray that God would open a door for a question you can ask? Or is it to actually say, I want to learn how to read the Bible with someone. I'm going to be brave and bold and step into that. Because I believe that God has called us all into this plan A. There's a role for all of us. What does it look like for you this week? As we explore that, I want to encourage us that the plan depends on us depending on him. We don't go out on our own. We don't change lives. King Jesus does that. But he calls us to be on his team and live out the plan A. So as we depend on him for his authority and his presence, I'm excited about what we can do being the church in this season. Let me pray. Oh God, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you have a wonderful plan and you choose to involve us. 
You choose to use us as part of your plan that we get to work with you to see this kingdom grow. Lord Jesus, we would pray right now, wherever you are, whether you're in your home right now listening, I ask, Lord God, that you would speak to us about what it means to be your plan A. And as you're just sitting with the Lord right now, I feel really prompted to pray for those that maybe you've gone a bit quiet on sharing your faith. Maybe you've been afraid or you didn't know how to do it, where to start. But today, Jesus has said, I need you on my plan A. I'm actually calling you to step in, to be all in, to be the church. Ross Trevor, you can make such a difference for God's kingdom. And so if that's you, I actually want to challenge you where you are right now. Just put your hands out. Even in your lounge rooms, your kitchens, wherever you are, put your hands out to say, Jesus, I'm all in on this plan A. Because I actually want to pray for you right now. Boldly do that where you are. Lord, I want to pray for those that are boldly putting their hands out in front to say, I'm all in. I want to step into the plan A that you have for me. Lord, I would ask right now in Jesus' name that you would fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit, that your Spirit's presence would fill them afresh. We pray for boldness in Jesus' name. We pray for courageous faith. I ask in Jesus' name that you would remove the fear and the failure of the past and remind us that we do this with your presence and with your authority. Thank you, Jesus, that we step out with you. I pray for each one who is saying yes to being bold. Lord, you would give them right now a really clear next step. Lord, whether that be to read the Bible, to pray for someone, to ask a good question, I pray in Jesus' name you speak. You show them their next step this week, starting tomorrow. What could that look like living out the plan A? And Lord, we thank you that as we do this, we depend on you. You are the one transforming lives. We want to be obedient to you. We want to be bold and brave. We want to share what we have with you as our king with the wider community. Lord, show us what it looks like. Equip us, fill us afresh. Lord, we choose to respond to you today and be obedient to all that you're calling us to. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.